0: There are as many ways to parent as there are parents in this world. But there is one way to parent that wins every time, and that's doing it intentionally. This show is about helping things go right before they can go wrong. Each episode is chosen to help parents like you, who may be overwhelmed or uninspired, find the ideas and motivation to give their best efforts to the people and place that matters the most. I'm Dr. Tim Thane, author of the book and host of the podcast, Not By Chance. I believe that a family's success and happiness is not by chance. So welcome to the podcast built especially for intentional families. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. As you can see, we are here live. I'm here with Roxanne, my wife, and she is the editor of the Not By Chance Yearbook. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today in this podcast. The topic of the yearbook, the theme is coming home.
1: It's actually just home period. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's about coming home. It's about building a home. It's about strengthening a home and its memories of home. And as we look through these stories, as we talk about some of the narratives that were put in here and some of the writing prompts, I think that we'll see no matter what your home life was as a child. You can build a home with anybody, anywhere today, and that's what it's all about.
0: There's something really powerful about that word, and I think it conjures up all kinds of different feelings for everyone. There's the ideal, then there's the reality, and and then there's the goals, really, the things that you want to change or do as part of creating a home. So I'm really excited about this, too, because I think if there was one word that that I think is part of my personal vision. It would have to do with that, and maybe family is the word. But but a lot of times, home and family go together.
1: Yeah, I think that home um, kind of encompasses more than just the people. It it encompasses the traditions and the space and the work and the meaning and um, and family. Sometimes we think about the work itself or in the relationships and home just is, I, I don't know, I think that everybody feels at home, whether it's in your bed or in your home that you have created now for yourself or the one that you actually originate from. And so we're just going to share a little bit about this issue four. Um, You know, we've had other issues that were about connection or an issue about uh, what was last year's preserving, preserving what is good, you know, in a world that everything is changing and people are throwing things out. There are some things that definitely need to be preserved, but this year we decided to focus on home because people have been at home a lot, and uh, there is real need to focus on the most important place in your life. And so that's why we started with that one. So
0: it's going to be hard to find another theme so so good as this one. I know. So maybe
1: we'll just end with it. With maybe our fourth four, edition will be the last. All, it'll be the
0: last one. It's a good capstone if that is the case. So, maybe we could start out by just maybe sharing a few of the stories. And we both wrote a story, so we can share that. And then we, we've, read, uh, we've read some of the others and would love to maybe highlight one or two more. Yeah. And so, do you want me to?
1: Yeah, you go ahead and start. And, I'll share the, and just share your thought here. Share at the one.
0: Beginning. Okay. So, keeping a home takes work. We all know that. Sometimes it's just daily maintenance, and other times it's a complete overhaul. The same can be said for keeping our families. The, that reality shouldn't be discouraging as much as it is normalizing. It does take work, and I want to share um, an experience that I had that I, I wrote about in the book, and uh, it's one of those, those uh, experiences that I was with a lot of other people, but I think I was the only one that had the experience, which is kind of interesting. The setting is the Salt Lake City Airport. We're standing there as a large group, large family, waiting for my nephew to come home after a two-year mission uh, away. We hadn't seen him for that long. Along with our family, there were other family groups waiting for their loved one to come home as well. Lots of balloons and posters and family members, lots of joy uh, waiting and anticipating this, this reuniting. And as I watched people come down the escalator, they're the, the usual, you know, kinds of uh countenances. You know, some people are really tired and worn out after a long journey, others are really excited because they're home, or or they're nervous and anxious because they got to get somewhere. And as I was watching this because my nephew's plane was late, I um I I was watching the people come down the escalator to the baggage claim area and I noticed a young woman, looked like she was probably 21, 22 years old. She's carrying, she's got a backpack on, she's clutching a pillow to her chest, and she steps onto the escalator, kind of timidly looking out over the crowd, um, obviously looking for someone she recognizes. And she has this little smile, timid smile come to her to her face, and she recognized some people. So I, I... Notice where she's looking. I turn in that direction to see if I can find who's there for her. And there are four or five people uh, standing there on the edge of the group in the back. And they held high the sign, a sign that said, Welcome home, Abby, 21 days sober. And when I saw that, my heart just, uh, I was just so soft towards her, what she'd been going through and, and also so appreciative that she had evidently been okay with them having some kind of public uh, welcome after she'd been in rehab, and so proud of them that they came to show up for her. And what I wanted to do is run over there and congratulate her and and give her, you know, some extra support and congratulate this group of people who were there to welcome her home. Uh, but instead, it was time to welcome my nephew. So he, he came down the escalator, and I thought, what an interesting contrast here that, um, you know, we're waiting for someone to come home under certain circumstances, a, cel- a true celebration, and yet the thing that touched my heart the most was this this young woman who, who had been evidently really struggled, and here she was coming home and greeted in just the right way. So that was my story about home. Um, in this case, I guess it wasn't necessarily the Physical structure of the home, but it was the people that she was coming home to.
1: I think that you cry every time you tell that story. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And most people who hear it do. And I think it's because we've all been welcomed when we've caused trouble for people and we've been welcomed back. And that's just something really wonderful about family or whoever you include in that group called family. Mm -hmm. So whenever you tell that story with parents, at treatment programs. I think you get that same reaction.
0: Oh, yeah, especially them, because they can visualize their own child in that situation.
1: Yeah. Well, the story that I chose to share um, happens when we're traveling. Uh, Whenever we travel from our home where we live now back to my home where I grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona, there is a cabin on the way that is out sitting in this mountain valley it is just no windows left, just a crumbling uh, chimney, um, old wood, all of the outbuildings and the fences and, you know, the corrals and everything are gone. It's just the structure standing there. And I often think, and I probably say it every single time, I think, what have those walls seen? Who has lived in those walls and what did they see? And it's been a thought for me that this, this area that we live it can kind of absorb the highs and the lows and the mundane of our lives. And I've, ever since I was a little girl, I've assigned living, thinking, feelings, and motives to inanimate objects. And I don't think I'm alone in, the, in that. I think people feel that for their cars or their stuffed animals or whatever. But I actually feel that for a home. And I don't know why I'm getting all emotional about this, but um, the article that I wrote was, what are some of the things that our home might have absorbed in the time that that we have lived there. And and so I just wrote a few of those things that I think that um are the most common and some things that actually punctuate the highlights and lowlights of our life. And so some of those that um they've absorbed are tell everyone it's time to eat. You're failing two classes. Have you fed the horses yet? We're having a baby. This room is a disaster and you cannot leave until it's clean. (laughs) I think that's probably number one. Um, This was
0: mine. Have you fed the horses yet? Yeah, that's number one. And this one's yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. It looks like Santa found our house last night. Those are some pretty happy memories. Um, She got asked to prom. He's relapsed again. Dad needs your help outside. Mom, where's my fill-in-the-blank? They say, I have cancer. Well, you ne- run next door and ask if we can borrow vanilla? And seriously, people, can we go a day without fighting? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, don't you feel like those are probably some of our most common things? <laughs> I'm looking at my son behind the camera here because they really are what our, our walls have absorbed. And so, you know, as I think about those things, I think, what, what did I want to create my home life to be like? There's things that I feel sad about that I did not do. And then there's things I feel pretty darn proud about. Um, and I think that if I was got to get to choose what I'd want my home to have absorbed, I would hope it would be, hooray, your home. I think that everybody needs to be welcomed like that into that home. And so that's what I decided to write about.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so great.
1: So, which one, Tim, did you feel like was uh, another fun, different version of home that you wanted to share about? And
0: maybe I'll, I'll share hope- the one from Michelle Mulford.
1: All righty. let me get that for you. Michelle is our uh our editor and the managing editor, but she's an editor that just does a wonderful job for us, and she works at Homeward Bound. And uh, she has such wonderful experiences, and this one is definitely a highlight, I think, for us.
0: And I'm probably not going to do it justice, unfortunately, but it's, it's so Maybe great. just
1: tell the idea, not the story. Yeah.
0: The title is, You're Not Broken, You're Just Under Construction. And basically, Michelle re- reframes what we might be thinking about, you know, at times— we We um, try to cope with things in life in the wrong way, and it creates even more damage and She shares kind of a, a metaphor of a home with a some problems with the plumbing system and things like that it ends up uh, rotting the wood and the walls and everything else until it it really creates a mess and inside the home and then she she uses that metaphor as a person, so instead of calling ourselves broken or, or we're messed up or whatever we might, we might claim or say about ourselves when we're struggling, I love her reframe, is that you're just under construction. And that's really what it is. If you think about life and the journey that it is, it's fraught with all kinds of you know, problems. And, and there, there will be some times we have to remodel we have to maybe knock out a wall that's become corrupted by water or whatever damage it is and and we have to rebuild and and so she does an amazing job of of helping you see that in her in her story and and then at the end afterwards as with a lot of the the uh, stories up here there's little exercises that you can do and so basically there's this little pie chart where all five pieces make the whole. So there's a pie there's cut six into pieces. Uh, six pieces. So six pieces to the pie. And the, the instruction is to write down on five of these pieces the things that are that, good and that working really well. Mm-hmm. And one thing that needs to be reconstructed. And I think that's great, both for me and maybe for other people in my family.
1: Yeah, I you know, and I want to emphasize this book is not homework. This is not curriculum. This is not a heavy book. This is just if you wanted, if you were inspired by a narrative for you to take another step and, and build it out. Um, everything about this book is to inspire intentional family living. And, and so what I loved about that exercise is really while you're in that mode of hearing about how Michelle had to remodel part of her life. At a time where she had ignored things and just tried to cope, um, you might see that you've done that yourself, and to take note right then uh, will be powerful, and it will change the story for yourself, and then also for the other relationship that you write about. So I agree, it's a really great one, and and it's it's fun to to be inspired and take action right then. And I think that you don't have to overhaul everything; it's just a little tweak in your brain, right? A little new thought that could change the way you interact in your very next interaction.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that because uh, instead of thinking, I got to knock down this whole house and start over, it's really not the case. We we have have some work to do, all of us in there. And And so she does a wonderful job of helping us recognize that there's a lot of good and there's some things we can work on.
1: Yeah. You know, um, there's also beautiful photography in this book, mm-hmm. beautiful. And there's wonderful quotes about home. We even have a, a playlist of all of the different genres of music and the songs that they sing about home. And it's 35 different songs about home. We're going to create the pra- playlist for you so you can just go find it. But um, one of the quotes was by Thornton Wilder, and he said, when you're safe at home, you wish you were having an adventure. When you're having an adventure, you wish you were safe at home.
0: that's true
1: (laughs) so true there's just a safety and an ease about home and um but then sometimes you itch and you need to get out and it's good to have both of those experiences Mm -hmm. so the the narrative that i wanted to share was written by margaret kitterman and she is a mentor of mine that i've had since i was a teenager Uh, she has a phd and um, has taught and traveled and is just a delightful person, um, very important in my life. But she wrote one called Micro Traditions: Small Acts of Love That Keep Us Connected. And she basically uh, went through and just talked about some of the things that she has done in her family to create little bits of connection that um, aren't big deals like a Thanksgiving dinner, but they're just cute little things that she has done with her children. Um, she talks about giving them math problems while they're in the bathtub and how much they loved that. Mm. And they just love to do things like estimate how many dishes or items they have to wash after dinner. And then whoever got closest when they were done, they win for that night. They don't get a prize or anything. It's just that they won. Uh, one of my other favorites is that she talked about kindergarten, um, walking her daughter to school for the first time. And her daughter didn't want her mom hanging around her. And so they learned that she would step away from her mom and they would do a mwa mwah, which is the sound of kissing from far away without really hugging or touching, but they would just do that. And she says, even today, her daughter's grown and has children of her own, but they still do that little mwah, mwah sound <laughs> to let each other know that they love each other. And yeah. that that was just a really darling a thought. She also talks about one of her happiest memories is just laying under the trees, eating popsicles with the juice dripping down her chin, down her neck, and into her <laughs> shirt while she'd lay under a tree having popsicles. And so then of course we have a prompt about what are some of your family's micro traditions not the big heavy things that that you have to do but just little things that have emerged just in family life
0: just part of your culture. Yeah, just, just
1: part of your culture. And one of the things that Margaret says um in her bio that I love is Margaret Margaret Kitterman thinks the Peace Corps took the slogan that should have been for parents, the toughest job you'll ever love. And I mm-hmm. I think that that's really Really perfect, <laughs> so well said. And how did the Peace Corps get it not parents?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, that's just a little taste of what's what's actually in the book. How, how many articles are there, do you think? Authors, you would ask me that. I'd, I think we authors. probably
1: have 18 different narratives and, mm-hmm. and then quotes and lists and prompts and um, just some really wonderful, beautiful things. I think the reason that we do the Not By Chance Yearbook every year is— to remind parents that you don't have to always be focused on the problems, that you can get ahead of the game and focus on making things go right. And isn't that one of the principles at Homeward Bound and in Not By Chance? That's right. Focusing on making things go right before they go wrong. And and the other reason that we love this book is because it can be a gift for anyone. It can be for a professional. It could be sitting on a you know, a coffee table at a, at a doctor's office. It could be a gift for Christmas. It could be a form of encouragement for somebody who is struggling in their family um, to let them know that, you know what, you move through these. And that's what these stories are. Mm-hmm. They talk about adoption and the heartache with that. They talk about addiction. They talk about mothers being mother bears and overbearing and how they learn to tone it down uh there's just so many different mm-hmm. different things that it could encourage families with and it's not just all by women it's by men and it's um it, i i don't know i this is obviously my favorite thing that we do and uh my favorite project every year but it's because it pulls from so many people's experiences and that is just inspiring
0: mhm you know i found that this sitting on the table basically, and you, you flip it open. And if, even if you're not a reader, you don't do too much reading. You'll flip it open and see the beautiful photography and other things in there. And it draws you in. And then you'll read a story because it's, it's short. you know That mm-hmm. story not going to take you long and you feel better. Mm-hmm. And you, you'll have that experience of being uplifted. So that's what kind of gift it is that you could give to people. So how do how do people find this book? Where do they get it?
1: Well, you can go to notbychance.com and, and order it from there. Um, it will be available November 15th, but you can also pre-order it. Um, I don't even have a copy in my hand right now. And, and I just – I want to just tell a personal experience with that. So we have a teenager who – It's hard to have a conversation with him. But the other day, I just said, hey, can you come in the living room for a second? I want to show you something. And I showed him the Unbound issue four. (laughs) And I said, look at these. And I was flipping through the pictures with him. And I said, oh, I want to read you this one about a wrestling story. And I read about a wrestler and his family and an experience about home. And then we turned the next page and we read. We probably read five stories. And that never happens, people. Mm -hmm. But he could not help himself from being in. Engaged and involved in it, and I think that you would have that same situation whether you had them captive in a car as you're traveling for the holidays, or if you just open it up on the at the dinner table or if you're all sitting around the fire one night this winter and you just open up and read one, I think people are going to want to keep turning pages mm-hmm. and it's something you can go back and read and and so there's also the other first three issues are still available if you wanted to get the whole collection. that would be another great gift. For yes, yourself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so if you want an amazing family experience, yeah, just sit down and read it together or read a, read a story at a time. So, well, thank you, Roxanne. She really is the, the energy behind this and the passion behind it and, uh, and really the vision. And so we're excited to have it out soon and available to all of you. Parents, your time is valuable and I'm grateful you spent some of it with us. What you're intentionally doing in your home life is inspiring and unmatched in its importance and long-term effects. Ask yourself, what am I going to do because of what I've learned today?